0: How we doing? How we already got a thumbs down in here? I've been live for one second. One whole second, we got one whole thumbs down. Not a good ratio. At this rate, we're going to be banned from fucking YouTube. So I'm wearing a Santa hat. A little hard to miss. Um, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Next Monday... Next Monday uh, is Christmas Day. So, despite my impeccable work ethic, I may not be able to come on here and recap the games for y'all. So, I'm leaving you with my Christmas spirit now. You're getting all my spirit right now. I'll have none for you next week. Not that I have Christmas spirit to begin with, but you're getting all I have. So, welcome in those of y'all that are hanging out with me today. uh, Every Monday, we do the recaps of what happened in the NFL the week prior this upcoming week's a little wacky, all right? This upcoming week's a little wacky from a scheduling standpoint. Um, We have normal Thursday night game, Saints at Rams. Then we have two Saturday games, Bengals at Steelers at 4.30, Eastern time, of course, and then Bills at the Chargers, a Peacock exclusive. Peacock really thought that shit was going to hit. I'm just not going to watch that game. I'm just, I'd rather just go out. Peacock thought like, oh, let's buy an NFL game. Chargers, Justin Herbert versus Josh Allen. Here's the problem with that. Justin Herbert sucks. Even if he was playing, I don't care about that matchup. But he's out, and now I don't care about that matchup even more. Peacock Peacock thought they were going to fucking slide in there. No, no fucking, that's what she said, no pun intended. It wasn't happening. They weren't slipping in. I wasn't dropping my panties for that game on fucking Peacock on a Saturday night. No, here's the thing. Here's the all right. Listen, Sunday also have a whole slate of normal games on Sunday, but then on Monday, Christmas Day, there's three games, which is kind of low key. Like two things here. Electric one, because the NFL just really sh- just slid in here and just like inserted their manhood on the NBA. I remember like probably not even five years ago, M- like Christmas Day was all NBA. It was just an NBA slate of games, and they might still do it. I don't even know at this point, but the NFL was like, fuck y'all, our game now. So they take a 1-4 to and an 8 o'clock game, and they know we're watching that shit. So the Raiders, Chiefs, Giants, Eagles, and Ravens, Niners, what a fucking game at night um, that we're going to have on Christmas. So they just slid in, and they're like, NBA, we don't give a fuck. We don't give a fuck about you and your weak crew. What you going to do? When the NFL come for you, so uh, a little a little wacky of a uh, schedule we got going on here. Week fifteen, there were a a ton of huge fantasy days. I mean, just ripping through some of the names. You had Ty Chandler, Jordan Addison getting it started on Thursday. Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ra, uh, Chris Godwin. If you're in PPR league, we have Mostert, Jalen Waddle, ripped some big games off. Rashi Rice. Kyron Williams, of course, Terry McLaurin, Cooper Cup, Christian McCaffrey, Trey McBride, uh, Debo Samuel again, James Cook. I mean, this was a huge – if you didn't drop like a buck 40, a buck 50, you kind of just had no chance in most of your playoff matchups this week. Luckily for me, I'm a great guy, and with being a great guy, I have great seating in my playoffs. I realize I only played in a handful of fantasy leagues this year. A lot of y'all might think that I probably play in like – 20 25 30 leagues the problem is with making so much content about it I don't have a lot of time to like really focus on leagues so I upped my number of best ball teams and I do some of those drafts but I'm in I'm in two redraft leagues and I'm in three dynasty leagues and that's it so I'm in five altogether and I'm in the playoffs for three of them uh, in the playoffs for three of them I had a buy in one of them and I won both of my matchups this weekend. In my two playoff matchups, so we advanced. We were in the semis for three of them. There was a year, uh, like three years ago, I think it was the COVID year, where I was playing. I was playing in five leagues, whatever, however many leagues I was playing in. I made the championship in every one of my leagues, and I lost every league championship. It was dead. Like you couldn't, you couldn't try to be that fucking piss poor in the championship week. I didn't have to try; it just happened. Um, anyways, it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend for me outside of the Atlanta Falcons, which I just, like, can't. I just can't. I just I just cannot, you know? Like, I just can't. I feel like a 14-year-old girl saying, so like, I just can't. It's giving, you know? Like, I just fucking can't. It's not giving. It's giving me a fucking hemorrhage. That's what it's giving me. You motherfuckers. Alright, we're gonna jump into the game zone, recap them game by game as we always do. You know what it is. You know what it be. Hank. Let's get the games up on here. Let's get the Yamra right up on me. That's not good. That's not good production. All right. So, first off, first game, we're going to start on Thursday night where the Raiders whoop the shit out of the charges so bad it forced them to fucking fire their coach. This is not what I was looking to do. How are we doing? What are we doing? Crop to fill. Do me a solid. How you doing? What the fuck? What the hell? I've been doing this for 16 straight weeks. I can't figure out anything. Whatever. You guys can see this kind of. Um, Yeah, they just kicked the shit out of them, and I don't really know what else to say here. We're just talking about fantasy takeaways. We're just talking about fantasy takeaways on these recaps. We're going to go through every single game. Biggest takeaways is like Eckler's really shook. Eckler's got us fantasy owners real shook out here, and one of my leagues where um, I have Eckler. He's like my RB3, actually, because I have like C-Mac and Alvin Kamara. And then my flex spots, I got a lot of like appealing flex possibilities. You know, I got guys like Cortland Sutton and Trey McBride and even like David and Joku. I'm thinking about starting over Eckler next week. So it's it's pretty ugly out there for Eckler. He is he is very much like a low end RB two right now. Maybe he'll bounce back last next year. I hope this is not the end for him. I don't think it is. I kind of feel like he's dealing with an injury still. So it is what it is what it is. Josh Palmer returned. Uh Keenan Allen did not play in this one. This was probably like I'm um, less than 100%. I'm literally like 94%. And without Herbert, I ain't playing kind of thing. So it left Palmer, Everett, whatever. Uh, Palmer, I think, is like kind of startable in, in decent matchups like it was in this one. He rips off a big touchdown, obviously. He's been someone I've been saying a Stash. I didn't think Easton Stick would be the guy here, but it is what it is. I think you could do worse than Josh Palmer. On the flip side, I mean, it was just all the Raiders. The the Chargers fumbled the ball 75 times. I don't think there's any real takeaways here. I do expect Josh Jacobs to be back next week, so you'll be able to play him again next week. Moving to the Saturday games. What a good game we got here. The Bengals and the Vikes. We got Nick Mullins getting the start. We had Justin Jefferson returning in this one. Um, Coming back, 7 for 84. Good to see Jordan Addison. Went boom, boom, caught all six of his targets for 111 yards, two touchdowns. So it seems like Nick Mullen's got a little thing going on with Jordan Addison. Ty Chandler took over the backfield with Alexander Madison out 23 for 132 and a touchdown, three for 25 through the air. This was huge to see because we weren't really sure if he was going to get the bulk of the carries here with Kenny Nuangu back there, but they got no trust in him. So I, I think Madison will probably be out for an extended period of time. I think it was a high ankle sprain he was dealing with. So that being said, Ty Chandler is a he's going to be like a nice, nice start for your fantasy playoffs um, for the next week or so as long as Alexander Madison is out because they got no problem running the offense through him. But good to see. Hawkinson ate a little bit. Jefferson ate a little bit. Addison ate a lot of bit. Um, that's really the only fantasy-relevant players in this one. On the flip side, another big game for Jake Browning who actually led the team to a win. Joe Mixon, whatever, he was all right, ended up getting into the end zone, so he kind of saved your day. Uh kind of slowing down the hype train on Chase Brown. This this was always in the range of outcomes for Chase. Like he's explosive and he makes big plays sometimes. He's using the passing game, but this is what's going to happen some of the times where he gives you, you know, fifty yards, three catches. So if you threw him into your lineup, you know, you ended up with five, six points, something like that, and half PPR. And that's like kind of what you should be you could hope for better, but you should be expecting that kind of production on a normal basis where he's not ripping off 60-yard tugs. Now, one of the key injuries of the week was Jamar Chase, and he has an AC sprain in his shoulder. I've heard mixed reports on this, and I'm usually, I feel like, pretty good at cutting through the noise on injuries. I've heard that it wasn't that serious, and we've seen plenty of wide receivers come back from this injury and play in the following week. He does have an extra day of rest. We'll see what that really means for anything. They are fighting for a playoff spot, so I kind of Imagine that he'll try everything in his power to try to get out there. They play against the Steelers, so you got a divisional matchup where you know he's going to try to get out there. Um, We have seen, though, a lot of people return from this and with minimal impact to their stat line. So if he's playing, he should be in your lineup next week. I've also listen to podcasts from doctors that I really, really trust. And they said that they think this is a little bit more severe than the team is letting on him coming out with a sling was not a great sign for it. So this is one you're just going to have to monitor really, really closely. And luckily, if you're a Higgins owner, you know, now you can kind of feel comfortable again, putting him out there with how well he played plus Chase's injury. So Higgins will kind of bump back into that top 20, top 15 wide receiver if Chase misses time. We saw how good he was in previous years when Chase misses time. Higgins becomes like a Kind of like a high-end wide receiver one. He gets a ton of volume, and I expect that to be the case here going forward for him. Yeah, so just keep an eye on the injury reports there. Pittsburgh Indy. uh, Indy kicked the shit out of Pittsburgh. Mitch Trubisky is benched, and Mason Rudolph will start their next game. They are just absolutely in flux. Warren and Najee continue to do their best impressions of fucking shitty RB3s that you don't really want in your lineup. Jalen Warren did catch a bunch of passes, ended up with 15 touches. Uh, nearly 70 yards, five catches. So, like, PPR, I guess he didn't absolutely shit the bed. Najee Harris feels unplayable for sure. Uh, Jalen Warren, if you're in a PPR league, need a flex spot, I guess. That's kind of the same sentiment with George Pickens. He's not playing well, not producing at a high level, um, Three for forty-seven on seven targets. I saw a couple, like, Twitter threads about George Pickens, and there was, like, a, one of Jalen Warren's runs where he ran down to the one-yard line, it was just like the laziest fucking blocking by George Pickens. And it was his man. Like he was the wide receiver obviously out there blocking his cornerback. And he like pretended to block his cornerback, then just let the play run. And his cornerback broke free from him. He didn't have to break free from him. He just literally just like shifted to the left to get away from Pickens. And he was the one who stopped Warren on the one yard line. But if he just held his block, it's an easy um it's an easy, easy, easy touchdown for Warren. And then there was a play at the end where Mitch just chucked it up to Pickens downfield, and he got mossed by the D back. Pickens, I, I'm I'm kind of starting to feel like he his time in in Pittsburgh is not going to be very long. Um, very talented, like very raw athletically, but I kind of feel like I could absolutely see him just continuously developing into one of those like diva drama filled wide receivers in the locker room, and becoming more of a problem for the locker room than he is a positive on the field. And um, and for someone who doesn't actually like produce that. At that high of a level, like you can't be doing that. Like you're not Terrell Owens, you're not OBJ, you're not you're not those dudes. You know what I mean? Like you're a super middling wide receiver too. Like shut your mouth and make the goddamn plays, George. You know what I'm saying? Um, on the flip side, we saw a whole mix and mash of running back production here. Shout out to Trey Sermon. We weren't wrong. We were just early. I loved Trey Sermon when he was coming out. My so in in, in my best league. In my very best league, it's my most important league and the league that I want to win the most. Luckily, I am, uh, I have a really good team in that league. I went 11-2, and I'm on a bye. And like two years ago or three, when, when was Trey Sermon a rookie? Was it 2020, 2019, whatever, whatever class he was in that rookie draft? I was like, I need to reload. I need to rebuild. I have some older players. I had two rookie picks, both in the second round. I went Trey Sermon and Terrace Marshall back-to-back. And I'm pretty sure like the next two picks were – Maybe Amon Ra and, like, fucking Jalen Hurts, if they were the same. It was was some, like, historically bad shit. Dynasty is so funny looking back on, man. The, The way that you look back on some of the trades that you made or some of the trades that you didn't make or some of the trades that you wanted to send but you didn't end up doing it and some of the rookie picks you make, like, there's nothing more humbling than Dynasty. It's really beautiful. Anyways, Sermon wasn't wrong just fucking early. Wish i kept them He's definitely not on my roster still there but it would have been a beautiful thing if we got some vengeance here um that being said in the off season we do plan to launch our very own dynasty focused channel by the way so we're out now recruiting for a dynasty fantasy football content creator video creator um one if not multiple actually we want the channel to have like a a, a group of high quality creators out there so if you're interested in and you are a creator we're not looking Probably to bring on someone who has no experience in it, someone who hasn't been doing it. You need to prove to me that you've wanted it up to this point. Uh, so, you know, if you are interested and you have been making videos and you're trying to kind of break into the space, you think you have what it takes to be a dynasty content creator for the big dogs. Make sure you hit me up, Nick at bdge. co. That's the email. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna launch a dynasty only or dynasty focused YouTube channel this off season. So I think a lot of time and energy from me will probably be spent there. And then you know when the NFL draft hits and a little bit later into the summer, we'll probably end up going back and focusing way more on redraft around then rather than kind of like hitting that throughout the entire um, off season and, and summer. So if you're in dynasty leagues, let's fucking go. If you're not, you could also join our Discord. We are setting up dynasty leagues for you guys all off season. For free, we're organize- they're not free leagues, but we're organizing them for you for free. Joining the Discord is obviously free, so uh, Discord will be linked down below. Let's get biked to the games. Um, Sermon and Tyler Goodson, rookie, came in 17 for 88 for Sermon, 5.2 yards per carry. We had Goodson 11 for 69, 6.3 yards per carry. And that came because Zach Moss hurt his arm. I don't actually know the extent of um, Zach Moss's injury. Let me see if we have any real update right now. Colts running back Zach Moss plans to try to play Sunday at Atlanta, despite the fact that he injured his shoulder versus Steelers per source, x-rays on Moss's shoulder were negative, and he has to, in the words of a source, see how he progresses throughout the week. So very much up in the air right now. We do not know how that sheesh is going to play itself out. Um, Do I feel good about anybody in this backfield? Not necessarily Sermon Goodson. The Falcons are a decent run defense. I I feel like we've probably been overhyped a little bit this year. Um so I'm, I mean, listen, it's the fantasy playoffs. I'm not starting Sermon or Goodson if Zach Moss is out. Then we have uh, Michael Pittman. Also got fucking flattened by um, Casey, the safety who got suspended for the rest of the season, including playoffs. If the Steelers make it there, he he just he just abs- He turned he turned um, Michael Pittman into a candy cane. Pittman went to die for a ball. He came in like shoulder or head first. It didn't even matter, but it was like a defenseless receiver. And if you look at the replay, Pittman's body just went like contorted. And now he's in the concussion protocol. So I pray to fucking God he don't miss next week's game because I need him for my playoffs. Need him bad. He was on his way to a big game. Um, so we need him back bad. Josh Downs, another disappointing game. He's someone that, I, yeah, you can't really put into your lineup right now, unfortunately, because it looked like he was going down the Jaden Reed path, raid-ish path. Hang. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we got some updates. What do we got here? What the hell is that? Uh, John Harbaugh said Keaton Mitchell's injury is a long-term knee thing. Yeah, so once we get to the Ravens, we'll talk about that. But unfortunately, Keaton Mitchell tore his ACL, which is fucking devastating, man. He was one of the coolest rookies this year. That man's was fucking cool. <laughs> Let us proceed to the Lions and the Broncos. My dumb fucking ass was all over the Broncos, plus four and a half. I'm like, you guys are kind of good, right? Fraud. Turns out, not good at all. Russ is, they're so fucking embarrassing to watch play sometimes. It's like when they win the turnover battle, they look good, but other times, like, they just look terrible. And the Detroit Lions looked awesome in this one. Like, look at this, just look at this chunk of the box score right here. This is a goddamn thing of beauty. This is the Picasso of Ben Johnson. Jameer Gibbs, 11 for 100 and a touchdown. Dave Montgomery, 17 for 85. Not to mention Jared Goff, 24 completions, five of them touchdowns, 278, 8.2 yards per attempt. Everybody was out here eating, especially Sam Laporta, five for 56 and three fucking touchdowns. My Lord. And also Jameer Gibbs, another receiving touchdown. So me and JMo made a video last week, if you guys have not seen it yet, predicting who the top 12 draft picks of next year are going to be it was one of our more popular videos in in uh recently on the channel uh it was kind of a fun little exercise to look forward to next year and it was partly like predicting what the draft picks are going to be partly ranking our guys and jameer gibbs is going to be a top five ranked running back next year in fantasy there's no doubt about it i would be very very surprised if he does not come off the board in the top 12 picks of fantasy drafts the dude has just been everything and more as advertised uh, from a top 12 pick in the NFL draft he's he's been so good even on he is like the the those guys where you're like oh they only need a handful of touches to be really good very rarely is that actually true but you see that with dudes like Devon A. Chan and Jameer Gibbs like in this one 13 touches gives you over 100 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns because he is so explosive so good for y'all that have him in Dynasty good for y'all that have Sam Laporta in Dynasty I love this young crop of um tight ends that we got coming up I'm having I'm I'm doing my dynasty rankings right now. I'm revamping them for the off season, which will be another thing that we offer to y'all. Uh, if you are a big dog member, bdge.co, our dynasty rankings, our first official dynasty rankings will be live as soon as the season ends. We'll have our 2024 rankings if you do best ball and stuff live. If you are a big dog member, bdge.co, and I'm having a really hard time ranking anybody above Laporta and Trey McBride in my dynasty tight end rankings. I have Hawkinson up there. Probably too, just because he's relatively young. But like Andrews and Kelsey, I have behind those guys. Kincaid's there, but I still like worry about their stupid fucking game plan with Dawson Knox. We see games where he disappears like he did on Sunday when Dawson Knox plays. Like Knox is not even involved, but as long as he's playing, he like disappears a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, it's hard not to be all in on those dudes. Not a hot take, obviously. On the flip side, uh, just disappointing day all around from kind of everybody in this backfield, everybody in the receiving core. Jerry Judy did bust off a big play. Quentin Sutton can, seems to be consistent every single week, either by air or just getting into the end zone. So you could start him as a wide receiver too every single week. I don't know if I trust anybody else. Javante Williams, I think normally he's super trustable as like an RB2 with some upside. But in this type of game script where Detroit got up 21 nothing in the second quarter, uh, you're going to have problems finding any success on the ground. Brown, Chicago. Here, here's the first fucking thing I will say. Joe Flacco, three seventy four and two touchdowns, three interceptions. He didn't play well, but he ended up like getting it done by the end of the, um, by the end of the game because in the fourth quarter they needed a lot of garbage points, and he ended up winning the game for him. Here, here's what I'll say. If if we had swapped out Joe Flacco, just his name in the box score or what he's doing on the field with Deshaun Watson, people would be clamoring that Deshaun Watson is back. – if, if Deshaun Watson put up the statistics that Joe Flacco has been putting up in the last three, four weeks, however many games he's fucking played at this point, people would be saying that Deshaun Watson is back. It's just a testament to how awesome Joe Flacco has been. And he's got them fighting for a playoff spot, 9-5 and five right now, probably going to get that playoff spot. It's just been cool to watch. And it equally makes Deshaun Watson disappointing. It's like equally cool to watch Joe Flacco as it is equally like pathetic of what Deshaun Watson has done this year. Cause I'm telling you, if Watson had put up anywhere near the numbers that Flacco has been, everybody would be like, yep, I'm good with Watson. Watson is here. Watson's back. You know, he's just getting the rust off, et cetera. He had like that last game he had before he went on season ending. IR. Everyone was like, Oh, he like came back. He didn't even look good in that game. He didn't even do shit. He just put up a big stat line, but he didn't even look good in the game. I'm really fucking worried about Deshaun. And Justin Fields, 4.2 yards per attempt. This is a tough game. Obviously, a really tough defense. Started off looking pretty good, but could not get there. Uh, disappointing day all around for the entire backfield. DJ Moore only four for fifty-two. I do expect to bounce back. I like how Chicago's playing, man. They are they are legitimately one of the toughest defenses in the NFL. They're playing against the Cardinals next week, the Falcons. So realistically, they could fucking win out if they wanted to. I'm I'm really intrigued to see what they do this offseason. I think more likely than not, they clean house with the um with the coaching staff, and I wouldn't be surprised if they moved on from fields either, to be honest. As far as his backfield goes, you cannot trust anybody here. Roshan, Deonta Foreman, Khalil Herbert. Uh, you're not you're not playing anyone there in your fantasy football playoffs. Um, in this backfield, Jerome Ford, eight for twenty, Kareem Hunt, seven for eight. Again, the Bear, I'm telling you, the Bears are like elite on defense on both the run and the pass since Jalen Johnson came back in like week six, and then they brought in Montez Sweat. They've been so good. In, in every aspect of football. So it's really hard to play players against them, and it's really hard to have success against them as opponents. Uh, but the Browns get the Texans next, which is a little bit lighter on the defensive front. Um, so you could play Jerome Ford again as probably like a low-end RB two. Cooper, big game. David Njoku has been fucking absolutely eating. Ten catches on 14 targets, 104 yards, a touchdown. They're getting him super involved. Uh, and, and they're like forcing the issue, right? Like it's it's not as much like Trey McBride out there making plays, catching ten balls because he's just willing himself to fucking victory. It's like they're 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 writing up a bunch of screenplays. They're they're like getting the ball in his hands intentionally. Um, so Injoku is someone that I feel is a very very strong star right now. Buccaneers, Packers, Baker Mayfield went fucking crazy. Uh, Rashad White went fucking crazy. Chris Godwin went crazy. The fucking cone himself. It's insane. The one team I have Chris Godwin in, it's one of the redraft teams I was in the playoffs for. Luckily, I, I've i started Chris Godwin every single week up to this week, and then I saw Curtis Samuel on the wire, and I'm like, there ain't no fucking chance. I'm starting Chris Godwin in the playoffs. This game happens. He goes 10 for 155, 20 points sitting on my bench. I end up picking up Curtis Samuel, Thank God that man scored that touchdown at the end of the game, put up 18 because I won that matchup by like seven or eight points, and I would not have won if Samuel didn't catch that last touchdown. I would have lost because Chris Godwin's cone ass. Finally had a big game. I I feel like nobody started him, and this does not make me feel any better about starting Godwin going forward just because he's been so inconsistent up to this point. But they get the Jaguars that you could throw on. They get the Saints who have been whatever – And then the Panthers, I think, the fantasy playoffs will be done by that point. Um, So, Godwin, in my eyes, is still very much like a squeaky wide receiver three that I don't feel good about. Rashad White, high-end RB1 still. Mike Evans gets into the end zone. Relatively good fantasy day. On the flip side, we got Jordan Love. Aaron Jones in his first game back. Got more work than I think they wanted to give him, but A.J. Dillon was ruled out. 13-53. for He looked good in the beginning of the game that kind of went away from it. Um. Tucker Craft looks good, man, 457 in a touchdown. In one of my dynasty leagues this year, I had um, I had almost no draft picks, I don't think. I'm trying to remember who I picked. I know I had I had like two fourth-round picks maybe, or maybe a, I don't remember what it was, but I remember like a large majority of the draft capital I had in, rook, in, in one rookie draft to tight end premium league. I took Musgrave and Tucker Craft because I felt good about the position being useful in the Green Bay offense, and I didn't know who was going to hit Obviously, Musgrave got the first crack at it because he got the earlier draft capital than Kraft, but they took both of them. And I don't, I don't know that I would say like Musgrave has been better than Kraft this year. I would not be surprised if Kraft has like kind of carved out a real role here. Maybe next year takes over as the one. Like Luke Musgrave, I, he got a lot of hype. And he almost sold me. Coming out in the draft, like I go very in depth with the rookies throughout the offseason. I'm watching tape, I'm crunching numbers. I'm doing the goddamn thing. Luke Musgrave really like, I didn't, I didn't love him. I thought he was more Mike Kosicki than like a real NFL tight end. I thought he was more athlete than he was good player. Tucker Kraft, I kind of get the feeling that he fits into the traditional tight end mold more than Luke Musgrave. Easy to say now. Hindsight is 2020. But even if you're looking at the rookie draft guide that we write up every offseason where we go in depth on every player, that was my take on Luke Musgrave. Um, I wasn't like in love with Tucker craft, but I did like him as much as Musgrave, but the draft capital obviously kind of moved things around Jaden Reed, another big game, six or 52 and a touchdown. Unless, unless we've got problems here because he injured his toe at some point in this game came back for one snap in the fourth quarter and then left hearing rumblings, hearing rumors reports. My sources are telling me this might be a turf toe. That's a problem. He going to be out if he has a real turf toe, he's gonna be out for multiple weeks. If he has a real turf toe, he's gonna be out for the rest of the fantasy season. If it is indeed a turf toe, which opens up targets to like Dontavian wicks, big game, seven targets, six catches, 97 yards. We don't know when Christian Watson is going to be back. I don't think he's really been practicing at all. So it's like maybe Dobbs, Tucker craft. I think again, now becomes a really good streaming option because all these targets are gone. Aaron Jones probably gets really involved in the passing game. So kind of up in the air right now. Um, We'll have to really keep an eye on the injury report for the Packers receiving group. Hang. Let's get on and popping. Hey, while y'all are here, we got like 350 people in the stream, only 56 thumbs up. If y'all could do me a favor and hit the button. Just scroll down real quick, hit the button that looks like this. It lets YouTube know that you like these videos. It'll show it to other people. It Also lets me know you like the video, so I will continue to show up and do these. Maybe I might even pull up on Christmas Day. I might even pull up on Christmas Day, depending on how saucy we get on Christmas Eve. You know, I'll be out here. Any other good updates? Texans quarterback CJ Stroud remains under mandatory concussion protocol. I don't think that's a big deal. I don't think we'll know anything until Wednesday or Thursday anyways. It is what it be. Let's see. Okay. Uh Houston Tennessee just a fucking disgusting game from Tennessee, man. Was also on Tennessee minus 3. That shit looked good like all game until the very end. Case Keenum leads them to a score or a, a win. I'm sorry. Excuse my fucking dumb ass. Uh Singletary monster game. 26 for 121 on the ground. Also catches four passes for 49. So you're talking about 170 yards from scrimmage for Singletary. Good Lord. All right, so you can, like, I guess, confidently start his ass every single week. It was weird because they're flipping back and forth between Pierce and and Singletary, but Singletary seems to clearly be the guy. And if CJ Stroud clears a protocol, and I think they got a nice schedule going forward, too. Okay, maybe I lied. Browns, Titans, not great against um, the—oh, they play Titans again. Not great against the run, but this is what he just did to the fucking Titans. So with that being said, Singletary, balling, Noah Brown— I've loved Noah Brown, and this should have been, like, an easy call. I just I was just scared off because I thought Davis Mills was going to start, and then all of a sudden it was like, Case hey, Keenum starting. Not that it made me feel any better about Noah Brown, to be honest with you, but with um, Tank Dell out, obviously, and Nico Collins out, Noah Brown becomes, like, the clear wide receiver one there. And if that's the same setup next week with C.J. Stroud, even against the Browns, I feel relatively good about Noah Brown as, like, a high-end wide receiver three. Dalton Schultz you got to like as well. Um, So I think you could start Schultz. I think you could start Singletary. I think you start no Brown. I think you start pretty much anyone that's like playing a lot of snaps in this offense with CJ Stroud back on the flip side. Will Levis, I think, suffered a high ankle sprain, so he might be out for a minute. Uh, Derrick Henry had just like a just like a, a maybe you should retire type game here. 16 for nine on the ground. This used to be like the playoff clinching game. We have Derrick Henry versus the Texans. This is where he goes for 200 yards and single-handedly like wipes you through the playoffs. Not the case here. Not great. Uh, 16 for 9 on the ground. 4 catches for 1 yard. So you're talking about 20 touches for 10 total yards. I don't really know what to tell you there. Um, Yeah, Derrick Henry has kind of just been what he's been the last month. He's like a low-end RB2 that's getting volume, but like, he ain't doing shit with it. Now it's like with Henry, it's almost like matchup dependent. It's like you're going to need him to get onto the goal line multiple times for him to have a good fantasy day because he's not ripping off those, you know, 40, 50, 60-yard runs that we have become really accustomed to for the last half decade. So not great. Um, not great anywhere else in the receiving room. As you could see, Burks, Moore, all these guys, D-hop, terrible game. So, I mean, nine targets, good to see on 26 attempts, but these are the type of production woes that come when Will Levis is your quarterback. So, all like D Hop, I guess you could start him if you're desperate, but no one else will get into my lineup here. Dolphins and the Jets. This was a shit show on both sides or both sides of the ball for New York. Um Yeah, not great. Tua, good game, despite not having Tyree Kill, which was good to see for Tua owners. Um Raheem Mostert sets the record for most touchdowns by a Miami running back. I think he's up to 18 rushing now and two receiving. Like just this will be a this will be a season I I will never forget because I was really high on him in the summer. This will be a season people remember for the fucking ages when they talk about like one hit wonder goat seasons. Raheem Mostert, start, don't forget about him. Don't forget about Raheem Mostert ever. He will go down as a king in my book. Tyreek Hill didn't play in this one, which I was happy about because the only league I got him in, I had a buy-in, so I'm like, nah, don't push through. Rest, be ready to bowl. Be ready to go against the Cowboys next week. All right, let's ball. Now, Mike, I'm excited for that game. I think it's the Dolphins Cowboys next week, if I remember correctly. And why I'm excited, if I'm a Dolphin guy or if I have, you know, mostert, Tua, H. N. Waddle, Tyreek, whatever, 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 is like we just watched the Bills absolutely fuck the living daylight out of the Cowboys. I feel like Mike McDaniel is going to be able to just turn the film on and be like, yep, this is what we need to do. Now, most of it was on the ground. So I guess maybe that's not great for Tyree kill and and Jalen Waddle, but I think just based off the way that they just got their ass beat and the Dallas has had games where they've gotten their ass kicked before this season. So I think it'll be relatively easy for a dude like McDaniel to kind of point out where their weaknesses are. And I wouldn't, be surprised if we saw a really big game from the Miami offense for that reason. So Terry Kill should be back next week. They expect him to play. Starting him as a high-end wide receiver one. Waddle, the big game without Terry Kill, you're still starting Waddle, but like this doesn't mean I feel like he's getting hot right now. He could be getting hot, but like I'm still looking at him as more of like a, a low-end wide receiver two, what he's done pretty much all. We have a sample size of the entire season. Let's not just look at one fucking week right now. Let's not break character right now. We're in week 16. This is where everything matters. So don't break character. Raheem Ocer, goat. Uh Devon Achan against the Cowboys again. I, I am super willing to put him back into my lineup. I think Achan will have a nice little bounce back game next week. Chiefs, Pats. Yeah, uh, nothing much to take away here. Mahomes, good game statistically. Looked a little weird just throwing interceptions that I feel like were not really something you come to expect from him, but is what it is. Clyde, I, w- I was pretty high on him in the live stream on saturday i was telling people you know i uh i'd get him into my lineup if i could because the game script would be much more in favor of clyde than jarek mckinnon and that was the case you know 17 touches uh, over 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown but mckinnon also ate two he got into the end zone twice one via air with his arm and one via air with his hands so he ended up scoring multiple touchdowns so he got home too um but this this always felt like a clyde game rashi rice fucking balled out nine for 91 a touchdown season high in snap count i think he played like 93 percent of the snaps so that's huge rashi rice is like low-key 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 like kind of a league winner right now for y'all travis kelsey another bad game five for 28 uh he banged up his elbow a little bit but i don't think it's anything to be concerned about right now pacheco should be back next week though however so all the clyde and mckinnon talk i don't think it matters i am I am good to get Pacheco back into my lineup They play against the Raiders and then the Bengals so you have two good matchups for Pacheco in the playoffs. That sounds sexy enough for me. On the flip side, yeah, I don't I don't I don't really have much to take away. Zeke disappointing game, 11 for 25. Does catch another five passes for 21 yards, so he continues to be like a or super super usable player in full PPR. They got the Broncos who get fucking ripped apart on the ground, which is A nice matchup for uh, Zeke and the Patriots, but still hard to look at him as anything more than like a low-end RB2 because if he doesn't score a touchdown, he doesn't do much for you. Giants-Saints, gross day from Tommy DeVito, unfortunately. Gross day for the entire squad, unfortunately. Um, You can't start anybody in the New York Giants offense in your fantasy playoffs outside of Saquon. Even off this bad game, 9 for 14, it is what it is, but you can't go away from him. Um, They play the Eagles, but like I just I don't know. Um, we don't have a sample size against the Eagles this year for the Giants because they play him again in Week 18. But he's Saquon. You can't sit him in your fantasy playoffs, unfortunately. Uh, on the flip side, Derek Carr, 218 for three. Kamara gets home, uh, well, 21 touches, goes over 100 yards of scrimmage. He's kind of the only other player that I feel confident in. Taysom Hill had a bad game, unfortunately. I feel like I told some people to start his ass. 0 for 1 through the air, 1 for 1 on the ground, 1 for 4 through the air. Um, so that's not great. Chris Olave randomly sat out in this one. He, like, wasn't on the injury report, and then all of a sudden, like, Friday comes, and he's like, oh, he's probably not playing. Like, what the hell? What the hell? Um, Even if Alave's out again, which I don't expect him to be, I don't feel confident starting anybody here. Not Juwan Johnstein, not Shaheed Rash- Shahidstein, not A.T. Perry. Like, nah, nah, we're out. We're out on the Saints offense for sure. Panthers-Falcons, yeah, I'm literally going to skip through this game. Fuck that game. Start Chuba Hubbard. I'm I'm like actually okay with you sitting Bijan Robinson right now. I hate to say it, but he's 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 not great right now. Uh Washington and LA. This game like was not close whatsoever, but they let him get back into the game. Um, they scored a lot of points at the end of the game in the second half. As you could see, they scored their 20 points in the second half. It was more just like the Rams trying to waste the rest of the clock. Kyron Williams goes fucking bonkers once again. What else is new? We have 32 touches from him, 155 yards, and a touchdown. Probably could have scored like three touchdowns if they wanted him to get into the end zone three times. You know, at this point, it's fucking at will. And it was against Washington, so uh, the Rams win again. I really hope they get into the playoffs. Like Matt Stafford is by far the best quarterback in that like group of wild card teams like i really really want this rams offense and stafford to to be one of the wild card teams here um on the flip side cooper big game had a beautiful touchdown catch like fingertip catch deep ball from stafford looked like vintage cooper cup so good to see him have back to back big games puka 5 for 50 missed a couple catches that you know could have fallen his way so a little bit of a fall off there demarcus robinson's actually been like Low key, a super solid fill in. So, if you're in deep leagues, like he is, he has taken over the tutu role. Tutu just did clear concussion protocol. But to be honest with you, I don't really see a reason why they play tutu over Demarcus Robinson again. Um, Sam Howell out of the game. Jacoby Brissett came in and played really fucking well eight for 10, 124, and two touchdowns. They said Sam Howell was the starter for the remainder of the season. We'll see if that tune changes because literally Jacoby Brissett came in and started just peppering Terry McLaurin, and McLaurin had a season high six for one forty four, six for one forty one, and a touchdown twelve targets. Curtis Samuel, like I said before, five for forty one, two touchdowns. Jahan Dotson does his best Jahan Dotson impression one for twelve. Um, but I feel like if I'm a Terry owner, like I want Brissett to start. I don't think it's going to happen though. Chris Rodriguez out carries Antonio Gibson by almost two and a half. The amount of carries, 10-4, to 4, neither of them did anything. 49ers and Cardinals. 49ers kicked the shit out of the Cardinals. Uh, Brock Purdy, 242 and four touchdowns. Feels like that's his stat line every fucking game. Um, he's likely going to win the MVP. I, I, do, I do still think he probably has a short leash. Now you're starting to hear the chirps of like, hey, maybe Lamar, maybe Josh Allen. I still think there's like too many weeks left. There's still... 3 games left so like anything can happen still. Brock Purdy's leash is not that long despite how perfect his stat lines have been and how perfect he's been playing. I do think the NFL would do some good by fucking pushing that narrative. You're like, "You're telling me the last pick in the fucking NFL draft's about to be the MVP of the league?" Think about what that says to all NFL draft prospects. Like that's a crazy fucking storyline. I'm surprised they're not like pushing that motive more that narrative more i should say um and if he doesn't get it should it be christian mccaffrey who goes for another fucking three touchdowns and almost 200 yards 185 yards ish from scrimmage uh that dude is unbelievable purdy came out after after the game and he's like dude i think christian mccaffrey should win it It it's kind of funny uh press conference afterwards but like also don't really blame him don't really blame him um kyle shanahan is just like he he might be the goat he might be the goat if you think about like his coaching resume he made Matt Ryan into the MVP. And I get it. Matt Ryan was good, but Matt Ryan was never MVP good. He was never like Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers level of good. He was always good. He was always like borderline top 10. On a good year, you're, you might be arguing him into top 8. On a bad year, you might be like, ah, he's flirting with top 12, top 10, maybe. Now Kyle Shannon keeps doing this. And his, like, I can't believe we let him fucking walk. What are we doing? What are the Falcons doing? Oh, makes you want to throw up sometimes thinking about what we do. Um, Debo, though, over his last three games, has scored seven touchdowns. Holy fuck, he's good. Holy hell, this man is good. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, you're starting CMAX, starting Kittle, you're starting Debo, you're starting IUC. Nothing I can really tell you there. On the flip side, Kyler plays well again. Um, Given the weapons that he has around him right now, outside of McBride, man, like, look at the pass catchers he's throwing the fucking ball to. Marquise Brown, again, like, the heel injury. Just just, just fucking go to bed, man. Just take a nap for two weeks. He's throwing Elijah Higgins, Jeff Swaim, Greg Dorch, the GOAT, uh, Rondell Moore, Zach Pascal. Like, he's throwing to some shitty fucking players. And no, I'm not going to throw Michael Wilson into that list because he's the GOAT. James Conner did well, though. Amari uh, Mercado busted off a long run, too, so... They got some success. They had some success through the ground, 30 for 234 and uh, 7.8 yards per carry. But, like, game script just – they they were kind of able to do that because no one gave a fuck on the other side of the ball. Bills Cowboys, this was disgusting. This pretty much knocked Dak out, I feel like, out of the MVP race here. Uh, just a shitty performance by this offense. I don't really know what to say, but this is kind of like – Kind of like every year with the Cowboys, where it's like, damn, this feels different. This feels different. They're locked in. They're really good. And then some shit like this happens, and everyone's like, ah, this is the Cowboys that we know and love. But I mean, you're still starting Dak. You're still starting CeeDee Lamb. You're still starting Jake Ferguson. Cooks has a wide range of outcomes, like you saw in this game. Tony Pollard continues to go like 10 for 50, unless it's against the easiest fucking defenses in the NFL. So he is also a low end RB2 for me, most likely. And on the flip side, man. You just can't say enough good about Mr. James fucking cook. I am so glad that I like he was a dude early in the summer, early in the spring. I was really fading. I was riding that narrative of like undersized, never 14 carries in the game kind of thing. And then the longer the summer went on and the more I read from Bill's camp about how involved they wanted this guy to be. And just watching preseason games where he was taking every fucking snap with Josh Allen. Um, he just, like, he is having the fucking streak of his lifetime. I think it's is five straight games with over 100 yards from scrimmage. Might even five straight games of 100 rushing yards. Let's actually just look it up. Let's look this bitch up. We got the internet. We could do that. James Cook. Yep, 130, 112, 100 hundred and forty one two hundred and fucking bajillion you know about five straight games with a hundred yards from scrimmage goodness gracious he is a league winner right now and again i've been kind of echoing this every single week since ken dorsey left um they have made a super conscious effort to throw the ball to the running backs man i've been yapping about this if you look at their receivers, Josh Allen only had to throw the ball 15 times, which is probably kind of cool for him. James Cook, three targets. Stephon Diggs, five. Everybody else, one. One of them, or actually Kincaid had two, but fuck them. Uh, Ty Johnson, one. T- like, they, this is how they want to operate their offense. It's crazy. And James Cook looks so fucking good, man. He's an RB1 for sure going forward. The way that they're using him is just Beautiful. I remember Ken Dorsey, bro. Like, you guys remember um, back in the day, those University of Miami teams when they were just, like, they were a dynasty in college? Um, Ken Dorsey was a quarterback there during that. That was kind of cool. That's what I know him for, that and getting fired by the Bills. All right, last game of the evening, Jacksonville and Baltimore. Baltimore won 23-7. Jacksonville, the first half of football, might have been the most fucking embarrassing. It felt like I was watching the Falcons. I was like, damn, this is what the Falcons do. How the fuck does it feel? It was the most embarrassing half of football I think I've ever watched. I mean, you guys have probably seen or heard the stats by now, but they had like five consecutive drives where they got inside the 40 of the Ravens and came away with zero points. Missing field goals, just fumbling the ball dropping open passes it was horrible like the ravens didn't deserve to win this game but jacksonville fucking absolutely deserved to lose that shit so um terrible game from them there's just something not clicking there there's just something not going right there and um and they got to figure it out because it wasn't great they're still a good team but like Those types of mistakes you will never get through the playoffs doing that shit. Cause the teams you play are teams like the Ravens and every team is like that. So if you're not doing, if you're not playing up to your best ball for three to four straight games, you're not winning the super bowl. And it feels like they are really far off there right now. Zay Jones, I think pulled his hammy a little bit in this one. So he's day to day, but Zay Jones last time he was day to day, he ended up missing like 10 weeks. So I don't know what you want to do there. Um, it was also a very, very slippery game. I know the weather was really, really poor, but didn't stop the Ravens from fucking eating 250 yards on the ground. My lord. Um Lamar had some in ridiculous fucking plays. So it's just ridiculous plays. And it it just it just I understand why the MVP talk is starting to move back to Lamar a little bit. You know, they're eleven and three. He is just running this offense. 97 on the ground, Keaton Mitchell nine for 73. This is a huge dynamic of their offense that they're going to miss. Now, um, like I said before, Keaton tore his ACL. That's really unfortunate. I hope he can be ready by next season. He he unlocked a level of this offense that they just that they haven't had since J.K. Dobbins. Um being able to like really utilize his vision, <clears throat> see a hole on the other side of the field, and blast through it. And now they don't have that. I think that's going to be a really big impact on this offense. And I think we might see stretches where they get stale again because they don't have explosive plays out of the backfield, unfortunately. So that's a really big hit to them. Uh, Isaiah Likely, awesome, 5 for 70, touchdown. He was someone that I remember doing like every best ball stream I did in the summer. I was like, I don't know why. I don't know why, but like every one of my last round picks was Isaiah Likely. I'm like, I could just feel it. Isaiah likely is going to win somebody these fucking ball tournaments. So I drafted him everywhere, and I feel good because I drafted, like, Raheem Mostert everywhere. I drafted a lot of those guys. So I don't even know how to check the tournaments on Underdog, to be honest with you. The UI is a little bit confusing, but I feel like I'm probably doing good in some places. Uh, super letdown da- game from Odell. That was the thumbnail on the last waiver wire, I think. Like, letdown incoming. Say Flowers super uh, lame game as well. One for seven. Rashad Bateman had a cool game, but, like, Isaiah Likely is kind of like the only pass catcher I trust in this offense right now because he has the Mark Andrews role. So, with that being said, I believe we can wrap up right there. We've got the Monday night game tonight of um, Philly, and, Philly and Seattle. I almost, fed, I almost just said Philly and Seattle-Adelphia. be a fire city. Um Jalen Hurts is ill. Geno Smith is hurting. We don't know who the fuck is playing tonight. We really don't, unless it came out during this uh during this stream. But um yeah, we'll we'll wrap there because I'm getting a little hot right now In this fucking Santa hat. I'm starting to sweat a little bit because I've been yapping. But uh if you enjoyed the stream, make sure you subscribe because it'll let you know the next time I get on to a stream. And actually you gotta hit the notification bell for that sheesh. But hit the button that looks like this. Uh, we'll have our waiver wire video for y'all bright and early tomorrow morning. Hopefully guiding y'all through the rest of your fantasy playoffs. I hope you advanced. I hope you had a bye so you didn't even have to advance. You just fucking hit the auto advance button. I love you. Thank you for hanging out. And I will see you tomorrow and then Wednesday and then Thursday and then Friday. But not next Monday because it is Christmas Day. But enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the holidays. I don't know what else to say.